0: The Maryland Terrapins aren't who we thought they were. You are a Locked On Terps, your daily podcast on the Maryland Terps. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? I'm Trey Moore, video content creator for 247 and Inside Maryland Sports, and also host of Locked On Terps, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day and thank you for making us part of your day and today's episode is brought to you by the game time app download the game time app and create an account and use lost on college for twenty dollars off your first purchase the maryland football team might not be who we thought they were i'm gonna go ahead and say they aren't who we thought they were after the 24 to 27 loss to illinois on the last second field goal in a game where the Terps were favored by 14.5 points at home. In a game that everyone thought we were going to win. It was homecoming. Fans were coming in. A bunch of people were coming to watch the Terps. Former Terps coming to watch Maryland play this weekend. And we couldn't find a way to beat Illinois at home in a game where we were favored by 14.5 points points. So I come away from this game, looking at this game, and I know some people are going to disagree about this. But watching the game, I didn't see us just a better team than Illinois. I know we're better on paper. I know we have a little bit more talent overall in the whole scheme of things. But overall, when I'm watching the game, I don't see a team that is clearly better than Illinois. I don't see a team that should have been 14-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't see a team that had advantages all over the place against Illinois. Yes, we outplayed them in a lot of spots. And, yes, they outplayed us in a lot of spots. But in terms of all the components of a team, everything that makes up a football team, whether it's coaching, one, play calling, personnel groups, all those different things, players, how they play, all those different things that make up the football team, I couldn't say that Maryland was clearly so much better than a 2-4 and four Illinois team. And obviously they weren't clearly so much better than the Illinois team because we lost. But sometimes you can tell when a team loses that the other team is a lot more talented and they just found a way to win and it was clearly an upset and they did a bunch of things really well. But I didn't really see that against Illinois. I couldn't see a team that was clearly just out coaching us, out-dueling us, out-quarterback playing us. I didn't see that. I saw teams that had, honestly, similar levels of talent overall. Their wide receiver room, it looked pretty similar to ours in a game where I thought our wide receiver room would clearly have the upper advantage in a game where their key guy, Isaiah Williams, was Third on their team in receiving, one of the best receivers in the country. Two other guys stepped up for them. So they had a more of a Maryland Terrapin feel today than we did in terms of the receiver room where they had multiple guys that had, like, over 40 yards, and it looked like it was by committee and it wasn't just their one guy, Isaiah Williams, who I said going into the game that we needed to stop him. But overall, I didn't take away that we were the – a lot better of a team than them. I'm looking at the way Talia played. I'm looking at 27 to 39. Maybe he left the play here or there, but he's not perfect. 27 to 39 for 266 yards and two touchdowns and no picks, which was the key. Because if you remember the two picks against Ohio State, the pick six and the other pick near the 50 yard line. Those were huge game breakers. They were momentum changers. They really made the difference in the game. They made us start to go down the mountain while we were going up the mountain against Ohio State. But he didn't have an interception in this game. He didn't turn over the ball in this game. If you would have told me before the game that Talia goes 27 of 39 for 266 yards, I would have said we won. For two touchdowns, no picks. I would have said we won for sure. And if you added on that Roman Henby had 12 carries for 70 yards with a 5.8 average and 63 receiving yards, I would have said, hands down, we win and we cover the spread. But that clearly didn't happen. Those two things happened. Roman Hemby had over 5.8 average on his run game he had over 70 yards he had over 63 receiving yards he had over 130 yards in terms of all-purpose yards receiving and rushing combined but Maryland still couldn't find a way to win the game so when your quarterback outplays the other team's quarterback and has a good game and you running back that hasn't done much all year, besides the game against Charlotte, and he's had a slow stint And a guy, Roman Hemby, who we expected to be a star this year. We expected him to be like a 1,000-yard rusher and maybe a 300-yard receiver, 200-yard receiver. We expected huge things from Roman Hemby, and he's kind of hasn't played super well in the past couple weeks. And when he comes out and has a huge game and you still lose, it's hard for me to look at that and say, Maryland football is what we thought we were. I don't think we're a top, I don't know if we're a top four team in the Big Ten. I don't know if we're a top 25 team in college football. I don't know because that tells me if we're out playing them in multiple places like that, that Illinois and other places along their team basically is pretty much even with us. If that's the way the stat line goes and that's the way that it played out. And yes, the coaching staff made some mistakes. But Illinois made mistakes too. So a fact that we couldn't beat a 2-4 Illinois team, I really want to emphasize. I don't know If Maryland football is what we thought we were, I'm going to be so honest because I'm an honest man, and this is what I actually think. I'm not going to tell you and go ahead and say we're still a top 25 team in the country. I don't know right now. Not being able to win a game against Illinois where our quarterback plays the way he did and the way Roman Hemby played the way he did. And you can't forget it wasn't just those two. The pass rush got there. Five sacks on the day? Five sacks on the day. What was one of the keys to the game? It was Talia not turning over the ball. It was getting Roman Hemby going in the run game. It was getting it was getting pressure to their quarterback Altzmeyer. So we and it was limiting Isaiah Williams. So we did almost everything we said we should have done going into the game. All the keys, and we still don't beat Illinois. The next segment, I'm going to talk about some missed opportunities in ways that we should have won. But It's hard for me to sit here and say that we're as good as we thought we were. If we everything we said going into the game, we did well, and we still didn't win. See, when you do that against Ohio State, it's different because they're clearly more talented, five-star, four-stars, all over the place. So you expect, even if you do everything right, you still might lose that game. But when you do that, a team against a team that you think is less talented than you, and you do, it seems like a lot of things right. And it wasn't everything right. The coaching staff made a horrible decision on third and six. Our offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis, made a horrible decision on third and six. Driving down, down three to run the ball with Antoine Littleton. A horrible decision there. And there was drops. There was a fumble. There was different things. But overall, you got to look at it both ways. Illinois had mistakes too. They couldn't pass block at times. They had a couple, they had an interception by their quarterback. So I'm looking at both sides make mistakes. Yes, maybe Maryland mistakes were more, but I just can't see us right now as a team after this two game losing streak against Ohio State was one thing. And maybe I'm overreacting. I don't know if I see a top four team in the entire Big Ten. I don't know if for the next team after Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan, I don't know for the next. Team in that tier. I don't know if I can say that we should be, we shouldn't be a top 25 team, but I don't know if I can look at this team and say we're a top 25 team in terms of all the components of the team, in terms of quarterback play. Okay, quarterback play has been good enough one week against Illinois, but against Ohio State, he let us, Talia let us down. Or if I can say that with our cornerback room in our secondary giving up big plays, Jaquan Shepard gave up another big play, or Coach Loxley having a bad. Or not as good of a game plan this week. The inconsistencies and the talent on the field and the coaching inconsistencies overall lead me to say that the Maryland Terrapins aren't who we thought they were, I don't think. And it's kind of the same that it's been. And it's still a good, solid start to the year. It's going to be a lot harder to have a winning Big Ten record now, but it's still possible. It's still feasible. But it's kind of what... We've been the last two years under Coach Loxley, which has been improved, which has been better, and we still have a chance to add a win to our win total this year. But overall, it's the same. It's a similar thing where we might come out, we might come out four zero or whatever, but then we're going to lose. Then we're going to play a big dog like Penn State or Ohio State or Michigan. We're going to lose that one, but then we're going to make that into a two, three game losing streak. And I think I'm going to talk about the bye later, but I think the bye week is coming at the right time. But overall, I'll wrap it up with I don't think the Maryland Terrapins are who we thought they were. Even though they aren't who we thought they were, maybe the Turps still missed opportunities in a game that I still think we should have won. I'm going to talk about those missed opportunities and ways that we should have won this game in ways that absolutely need to improve after this message from the Game Time app. Have you ever wanted to go to a game at the last minute, like a Maryland Terrapin's game, but finding tickets is hard. I have been there before. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music. Comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. The Maryland Terrapins missed way too many opportunities against a team they should have beat, and it starts in one spot, a spot that it hasn't been good enough, it hasn't been consistent enough in these past couple of games, and it's the coaching staff. The coaching staff, number one, they're going to blame it on themselves, but they missed an opportunity, and everything starts with Coach Loxley, obviously, but I want to really focus in on the offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis, who I thought made major mistakes in the past couple of weeks. And we'll focus on this week. Let's not go back too much against two weeks ago against Ohio State because that's far from over. We've already talked about that. But in this game, it was a similar horrible play call. I hated it. Third and six. You have maybe the best quarterback in the Big Ten A lot of people are probably going to say J.J. McCarthy now or Drew Aller, but you have one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten. You have a top 25 quarterback in the country. You have a top 25 wide receiver unit in the country. You have awesome playmakers all over the place, and Talia is really good at making plays on third and 6 we We're down by three at this point, and I don't think – it's two down territory. Usually when you run the ball on third and six, which what they did with Antoine Littleton, they ran the ball with Antoine Littleton on third and six, down by three inside Illinois' territory at the last part of the game. And he gets stopped. Josh Gaddis calls a run to Antoine Littleton who isn't a back that is going to break one loose or isn't our back that we even want in the game on third and six. I would have said if it was Roman Hemby, I still would have said it was a bad play call, but maybe I can understand it a little better. And Antoine Littleton has played pretty well the last three weeks, but Antoine handing it off to Antoine Littleton on third and six, instead of putting the ball into Leah's hands is, is a terrible decision. It's a horrible decision. With the talent that we have in the receiver room, with how well Caden Prather have been playing that game. And I, I'm i kind of upset now that I think about it, that Roman Hamby wasn't in the game. He was our second leading receiver in the game. I would have had him in the game. He was our leading rusher. He's one of our best players. I said before in the offseason, he's going to be what makes the offense go. And it hasn't really been that. It's kind of been the passing game and Talia overall. But... With the receiver talent we had to run the ball on third and six, when we're trying to win the game and get stuffed, if you get it, no one says anything. But when you don't get it, we're gonna have to say something. So that play call by Josh Gaddis was terrible. It was a horrible play call. And It was a lot like I would say I wasn't going to talk about the Ohio State game, but I'm going to talk about the Ohio State game a little bit. It was a lot like that play called a Billy Edwards on the draw play on the fourth and one where we were were past Ohio State's 50-yard line and we're going into Ohio State territory and we bring in Billy Edwards on a fourth and one, which I don't hate at all. But when we put him in the shotgun with no backs, no fullback, no anything behind him. It's so obvious. I I called the play. I was like, a draw is coming. And if I'm calling the play, Ohio State knew the play was call- coming. It was so obvious it was going to be a draw play. And against a Ohio State defensive line that's good and has a lot of talent, that's not the play call. So two straight weeks, it's been major questionable play calls by Josh Gaddis. So you have to look at him as a number one missed opportunity in terms of the past two weeks. And then we got to go to Coach Loxley. The onside kick, 14-14 against a team that you're supposed to be better than and a team that you're more talented than and a team that you're 5-1 and one versus their 2-4. and four and you decide to onside kick it in a tie game, if it's Ohio State, maybe I understand. But a tie game against Illinois, an onside kick to start the half, come on, man. I just, I that was maybe worse than the run on third and six. That is a terrible play call against the Illinois offense that hasn't been anywhere near elite in the past couple of games or at all this year. You don't look at Illinois' offense at elite at all. For us to feel the need to onside kick it in a tie game, it just shows that he he didn't really have trust in the defense. He didn't have trust in the offense, and he tried to steal an extra possession. That's kind of how I look at it when you onside kick it in a tie game because I don't know how else to look at it. I didn't – think we needed that I think we were it was 14-14 yes it had been back and forth but I didn't think we were in a horrible spot I thought there were still going to be chances for us to win the game I still expected us to win the game at 14-14 and I expected our defense to get stopped still they were put they started putting pressure on the quarterback but to give them field position near the 50 yard line on an onside kick it's just a horrible decision I it's Missed opportunity that led to the loss, and that's the whole point of this segment. We missed opportunities to win the game, and it starts with the coaching staff. But there are also other missed opportunities, not from the coaching staff. There's a lack of discipline, way too many penalties, and you're not it's hard to win games like this, these close games when you're committing penalties, especially the one at the end to get Illinois into field goal range by Jay Sean Barham. That was pretty bad. You can't do that. And it seems like it happens a lot in football. There's just undisciplined a lot of the times. And it's a hard sport to stay disciplined with all the different components you have to worry about, whether you have to be on sides, your responsibilities. There's so many different things you have to worry about. But we need you to stay disciplined in that situation, Sean Barham, when they're driving down the field in a tie game. We needed the defense to bail out the third and six horrible play call, and we couldn't. So that was a missed opportunity overall and then the drops the wide receivers had too many drops that's another missed opportunity we we just can't have the drops overall Talia could have had a better stat line you never know how big of a difference that can make in the game but that can be the difference in this type of game for sure in a game that's a three-point game where they score a field goal in the last minute the drops penalties those are the difference in the game. Those are the last-second differences in the game that make a difference, and those are the opportunities that you miss and that that will allow you to not win the game overall. So the drops, lack of, dis- lack of discipline in terms of penalties. And, un- you know, another thing of how I look at it, it was a missed opportunity to prove the Maryland fans right or wrong whether the maryland fans were saying oh this is the same team as last year as after the ohio state game you had a chance to prove those fans wrong and say you weren't gonna turn one loss into two and we were gonna blow out illinois and we were gonna cover the spread like maybe we should have but you missed that opportunity or you had a chance to prove all the maryland terrapin fans right that had your back and say Well, we had a bad game against Ohio State. We showed that we could compete in the first half and showed that it should have been a lot closer in a game that maybe we could have won. But instead, you proved those people wrong and you proved the haters right in a lot of ways. So it was an opportunity to shut a lot of people up to not turn a two-game losing streak or a one-game losing streak into a two-game losing streak. And you couldn't do it. But overall, Maryland Terrapins football missed another opportunity and back-to-back weeks to win games and to overall make the season into a much more intriguing season overall. It's still very intriguing. There's still a lot to be excited about, but to make this season into another step in terms of the program, which they still can do. You can still take down a Penn state or Michigan, but they missed an opportunity to really get to six and one and be an decent Illinois team but let's get into some positive into some players that didn't miss their opportunities against Illinois let's get into the MVPs offensive and defensive MVPs after this ad from the athletic brewery now time for your game changer of the week brought to you by the athletic brewing company much like Talia of Viola, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. You don't have to worry about hangovers. I've talked to many people in the On community, and they say they taste great. They're the fastest-growing non-alcoholic brewery in the U.S., so get on board. You can find Athletic Brewing Co.'s non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That's Locked On at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusion and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Who are the offensive and defensive MVP for the Maryland Terrapins this week? Let's get into the offensive MVP first, Roman Hemby. 12 carries for 70 yards like I talked about early on in the podcast with an average of 5.8 yards per carry and was also second on the team and receiving with five receptions for 63 yards. We've been waiting for Roman Hemby to step up and have a big game and that's exactly what he did against an Illinois team. He's been kind of banged up. He's looked kind of slower than he normally does at times, not as explosive But this game, he looked like Roman Hemby, and we're going to need him down the stretch now, going into the meat of our schedule, the hard part, where we still have Penn State, we still have a Michigan, we still have a Rutgers team that looks pretty good. We still have a bunch of teams that overall are winning games and that we're going to need Roman Hemby for. But he had a couple of really good carries, had a nice carry for 18 yards, and he looks back to himself. So overall, I'm hoping his season can turn around a little bit in a season that was a little bit disappointing, where at times Colby McDonald was outplaying him and Antoine Littleton was outplaying him. And we know Roman Hemby's the most talented out of that crew, but overall it was a little bit disappointing at times. So I hope Roman Hemby's able to turn it around and prove why Mel Kuyper ranked him second on his big board in terms of running backs. Now let's get into the defensive MVP, Naje Gote. What a game he had. Second on the team in tackles. The linebacker room is absolutely loaded, and Gote is kind of the veteran of the group, gets overshadowed by a lot of people in that room, but credit to him for having an awesome day. The like I said, the linebacking room is deep, and you expect the starters like Deshaun Barham and Ruben Hippolyte to take a lot of the credit, and Caleb Wheatland to take a lot of the credit. But Gote has stayed in the program, and he's a graduate student now, and he's played really well overall this game against Illinois. Like I said, second on the team in tackles. He had 1.5 sacks, so he was able to get to the quarterback on some blitz stuff and also had – A tackle for loss. So, huge day overall for Gote. And I want to see if he continues to get that going. In a game where we needed some of that if we were going to win. But he did his part on the defensive side of the ball. Overall, like I said, our linebacker room is one of the best in the Big Ten overall, I think. It's one of the deepest. It's set up for the future. It's set up for now. I love where the linebacker room overall is. But that's all we have for today. day, please like and subscribe. We'll be back here tomorrow and every day talking about Maryland football and basketball will be coming up soon. So if you're a Maryland basketball fan, make sure you like and subscribe. But thank you for listening to Locked on Terps.